everybody to the final regular season edition of Giants Goal Line. I'm Ralph Acchiano, the NFL insider for SNY TV and SNY.TV. It is a happy podcast again for the Giants because, as you know, you got a great Christmas present on Christmas Eve. They qualified for the playoffs, their first playoff berth since 2011. Uh, they'll be the number five seed, which makes them the top wild card seed in the playoffs. Uh, and it doesn't matter what happens in week 17 against the Washington Redskins. They are set. Their position is set. All that they have to do now is determine their opponent. Later on in this podcast, we'll take a look at the four possibilities for their opponent. Uh, right now, they uh, looks like they're probably not going to know until late Sunday night, although there is a possibility that they will find that out earlier. We'll get into those details, and I'll tell you who I think the Giants would most want to face and who is their uh, least favorite opponent in that group. We'll also take a little bit of a look back at uh, what the Giants have done uh, over the last couple of weeks and whether their offense, which has just been, well, terrible, as you know, uh, can somehow get it in gear in time. We will take a look at what might be the biggest decision of Ben McAdoo's coaching career so far coming up in Week 17, which is should he play his starters or not, and how much should he play his starters? Always a very big decision for a team that has that extra week to think about it you clearly don't want to get guys hurt but some momentum is nice we'll get into that and also I will take a look at the possibility of Ben McAdoo as the NFL coach of the year he hasn't been getting a lot of publicity for that but certainly you would think he would be in the mix for it so I'll break down uh, his odds as a matter of fact and uh, look at some of his competition we will also talk with Rashad Jennings the Giants running back who's in his Eighth NFL season and until now has never tasted the postseason. Believe it or not, he's pretty happy about finally getting in there. He's actually uh, beyond thrilled. He's been preparing for this for a long time, and uh, he'll talk about his excitement and and how prepared he is and uh, what it means to him. He might have a better perspective on that than anybody in the Giants locker room, was certainly more than the young guys who were experiencing it for the first time very early in their careers. We will get to that interview with Rashad in a little bit. Right now, as always, we're going to start with the three headlines. And the first one for the Giants is sit them or start them. It's an interesting question as you head into the basically what is a bye week for the Giants. They play the Washington Redskins on New Year's Day. It means nothing, nothing that can happen in that game. Win, lose, or tie can knock them out of the number five seed. And, you know, you want to play the starters, obviously, for uh, the momentum. You want to go into the playoffs on a high note. The offense boy, does the offense need some time to start to click and show what they can do. Uh, But it's a risk because if you do that and you play everybody and you end up with a key player getting hurt, obviously that's going to hurt the Giants in the postseason. Now, I am absolutely in favor of sitting the starters as much as possible. Now, as Ben McAdoo pointed out, there's only 46 active guys on the roster. Uh, You've got 22 starters plus specialists. Some guys have to play. So I'm not talking about sitting everybody out the entire time. I'm talking about sitting anybody out who's been nursing an injury. Janoris Jenkins, for example, with his back. Jonathan Casillas with his knee. I'm talking about sitting out guys who are absolutely indispensable. I wouldn't throw a pass in the direction of Odell Beckham for the one series that I might play him, if that. I honestly might not even start him. 
Eli Manning, you know, you're going to want to start him to keep his streak alive. He's this, I believe, will be his 199th straight regular season start. But after that, I would want to get him on the sideline because if he goes down, Josh Johnson is not leading the Giants to the Super Bowl. So you do not want Eli Manning to get hurt. The counter argument with Giants fans and honestly, a lot of people in the organization is always 2007. They keep bringing up the fact that in 2007, Tom Coughlin in a meaningless week, 17 game was facing a New England Patriots team going for history. The first 16 and 0 regular season ever by an NFL team. He decided to go for it and play everybody. And looking back on it immediately and certainly years later, everybody says, well, that was the turning point to the Giants run to Super Bowl 42. It gave a team that had been struggling to find its footing the confidence that it could play with anybody. The players said it immediately after that. They ended up losing to the Patriots, but they they got they played them so close and so well that they thought, hey, we're as good as anybody in the league. They said it immediately. They said it down the road. They said it again at the Super Bowl and after the Super Bowl. But what everybody forgets from that game, and I wrote about this over on SNY.TV earlier in the week, is that in that game, the Giants lost their starting center, Sean O'Hara, Sam Madison, who was a starting cornerback, and they lost uh, Kavika Mitchell, a linebacker who became a huge force for this team in the postseason. And O'Hara ended up missing the wild card game. Madison ended up missing the wild card game and the divisional round. And Kavika Mitchell was uh, limited in the wild card game. Now, obviously, the Giants survived and went on to the playoffs. But certainly, those were three key players that went down in a meaningless game. That certainly could have affected them. It could have cut their Super Bowl run out from under them before they even began. Now, maybe they wouldn't have gotten to the Super Bowl without playing everybody in that game. I don't know. But what I'm saying is there is a risk. And if it's not absolutely necessary for whatever reason you deem it, I, you don't want to do it. I mean, if, if Eli Manning had been the guy that got hurt in that week 17 game against New England, we wouldn't be talking about that Super Bowl run. We might actually be talking about the fact that Tom Coughlin got fired after that year. So knowing the risk, knowing what how everybody would feel if Odell Beckham turned his ankle down in Washington in a meaningless game because he was trying to avoid an overaggressive Josh Norman, that's my reason for wanting to sit everybody as much as I possibly could. We'll see what Ben McAdoo does. He's going to play coy all week long and not tell us, but uh, you know his players want to play, and they think they're going to play, so we'll see. Tying into that is headline number two for the Giants, and that is the continually awful offense and the wonder of whether they can just turn it around. You saw how bad they were down in uh, Philadelphia last Thursday night. Now, they actually did some good things in that game offensively. They ran the ball a little bit. They got all three receivers involved. Eli Manning threw a lot of yard for a lot of yards, but they had big turnovers. They had penalties in key spots. This is what this offense tends to do when it finally does get going a little bit. It kills itself with bad mistakes. Most of the time, it doesn't get going at all. It had, I think, four straight games of 300 or fewer yards, which uh, really this is one of the worst uh, lowest powered offenses in the NFL. So the question becomes, and this is what Ben McAdoo, I believe, is wrestling with as he decides whether to play these guys. Can they basically turn it around on a dime? You know, do they need this Washington game to do something well, especially on the road, since they're going to be on the road in the playoffs, so they can get into some sort of a groove in the postseason? I still believe they can probably turn it around on a dime. You know, I think we'd be talking about that if it weren't for the interceptions down in Philadelphia. We'd be talking about all those good things, all the yards that they put up in that game. I think that they have the talent. I think we saw in that game that there are ways to make good use of all three receivers. Odell Beckham, Victor Cruz, Sterling Shepard all had reasonably big games. 
I think the running game, while not quite at the levels of 2007 or late 2011, is starting to show some signs of coming around. The talent is there, and, and Eli Manning, whatever you may think of him, is still one of the top 10 or so quarterbacks in football. We know he has that ability to sort of snap to attention, especially in the postseason. I do think in the right circumstances, you can see this offense explode. I don't think they need the Washington game to prove that. I don't know exactly what they need to get it done, but I think the talent is there that they, they don't need a big run up to it. They just need one game where everything is working. And all of a sudden we'll be talking about the role they're on. So I do believe they're going to turn it around or they can turn it around. And I'm telling you that the offensive players all believe it. Now they've said it all year long. Oh, we're explosive. We're close, but they do believe that once the postseason begins, you're going to see a whole new giants offense. And my number three headline for the giants is Ben McAdoo, the coach of the year in the NFL. The short answer to that is no. Now, he wouldn't get my vote, and I don't think he's going to get a lot of votes, and I think that's going to surprise and disappoint some Giants fans. This is kind of interesting. I, I saw some odds this week posted by somebody in Vegas. Uh, Bavada, I believe, was the uh, place that posted the odds. They listed the six candidates, top six candidates for NFL Coach of the Year. Ben McAdoo wasn't any of them. It was Jason Garrett. It was Dan Quinn of Atlanta, Bill Belichick, Jack Del Rio of Oakland, Andy Reid in Kansas City, and Adam Gase in Miami. Garrett was the overwhelming favorite. I'm not a big betting guy, but the odds there were one to two and probably is going to be the guy that wins that. And you can sort of understand why. First of all, the Cowboys went from four and 12 to right now, 13 and two. He also did it with losing his starting quarterback. And as great as Dak Prescott has been, Jason Garrett gets some points for doing this with a rookie starting quarterback and a rookie starting running back. That's not something that a lot of coaches can do. That's why I think that Jason Garrett is going to end up winning this. I also think that you know, you're probably not going to see Bill Belichick doesn't get the respect that he deserves in the voting because he's got Tom Brady. He's got a loaded team. I think, you know, Andy Reid, he's basically got the same chiefs team that he had a year ago. I don't think he's going to get a lot of support in the voting. I was sort of surprised to see Dan Quinn as the second choice. I don't like the way Atlanta's played, even though they're 10 and five. I think the other two candidates that are going to get a lot of votes are Jack Del Rio out in Oakland. You know, he took a perennially losing franchise and right now they're 12 and three. Um, and you know, Basically, they built it, rebuilt it from scratch there. He's done a wonderful job making them quickly uh, a power in the in their uh, division, which includes, by the way, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the defending Super Bowl champions. So uh, that's a big deal that the Raiders are the ones on top there. And I think that Adam Gase in Miami is going to get a lot of attention and a lot of votes because he took a team that was 6-10. and 10, It's now 10-5. and five. He's uh, really the sixth choice among the betters. And I think it's uh, the fact that he did with Ryan Tannehill, a quarterback that doesn't get a lot of respect and I don't think is one of the elite ones, makes that even more impressive. What ben, what's going to hurt Ben McAdoo is this. The Giants, again, a very big turnaround from 6-10 and 10 to 10-5, and five, but they went out and spent a lot of money in free agency. And when you do that, coaches don't often get the credit. Jerry Reese will get more credit for executive of the year than Ben McAdoo will get for coach of the year. So I think he's going to be hurt in that regard. Also... It's not lost on a lot of people that the Giants, as bad as they were last year, were in a lot of games. They blew five fourth quarter leads. Had they done that, they had better defensive players. Had Tom Coughlin had those better defensive players, they might have ended up winning those games and they would have been pretty close to what they were this year. It doesn't diminish the job that Ben McAdoo has done. Uh, but when you look at Jack Del Rio, when you look at Adam Gase, when you look at Jason Garrett, I think that the voters are going to say those guys 
probably got more uh, out of less or had a more impressive turnaround. So, you know, Ben McAdoo did a fantastic job with the Giants. In the end, if you believe the betting odds and if you just look around at the history of the voters and what they're looking at, I don't think he's going to get a lot of support for NFL Coach of the Year. He certainly would from this next guy, and that's uh, running back Rashad Jennings of the Giants, who's kind enough to join me on Giants' goal line. He obviously adores uh, Ben McAdoo and what he's done for this team. Rashad has been on this quest to be in the playoffs for the last eight years. Uh, Like everybody coming into the league, he thought it was going to happen quickly for him, and it didn't. And uh, you know, now here he is finally. He couldn't be happier. Uh, And I talked to him this week about – his appreciation for that, why it maybe means more to him than it does to a lot of guys in the locker room, and what to expect from the Giants in the playoffs. So uh, let's uh, listen into this interview. All right, Rashad, I wanted to talk to you about the playoffs because when I look around your locker room, I see guys, some guys who have been there, and I see a lot of young guys who can't possibly understand what it means to be there the way you can appreciate uh, what this means. So what does this mean to you that you have a playoff game to play? Uh, it means so much to me. Uh, this is year eight in the NFL, and it's the first time ever in my career I'm saying I, I get to play that 17th game. Um, it's, it's, listen, it doesn't happen every year. You know, um, I'm proof of that. And a lot of the younger guys, they, they really don't understand that. Um, and it's fun. It's fun. It's funny to talk to some of the vets like Victor Cruz, who, you know, when he was young, he got that taste really early, even winning the Super Bowl and then going through a couple of years later of not making a playoff. So he understands, too, like this isn't promised. And um, so just kind of reminding the guys to savor this moment. We've earned it. Um, there is no magic wand for it. And we got to keep putting in the effort and, and work to, to make sure we get into that next, to not, not just the 17th game, but the 18th, the 19th. And obviously trying to get all the way to the end of that 20. When you were a young kid in this game, did you, like everybody else, assume that even though you didn't get there your first year, it was going to happen, it would probably happen a lot? No, yeah, I mean, listen, I, my first year, I think that that was the closest. We were 8-8 eight and eight in Jacksonville. And... Uh, you know, it was in other people's hands and it didn't happen for us. But, um, you know, thinking that uh, we, we, we're going to be, we, we, we'll get it next year. And then the next year, oh, we'll get it next year. Then the next year, oh, we'll get it next year. Bit by bit, you realize, is this it? This is not promise. And um, a lot of people have made it throughout their whole career never getting a taste of, of that 17th game. So I'm excited. I'm honored. I'm thrilled. My text messages blew up with everybody uh, saying congratulations, family and everybody, because they, they know how much work I've put in as a seventh round draft pick, um, Jacksonville Jaguars in 2009, you know, even coming from a small school, and, uh, finally getting that opportunity. So I, I, as much, listen, that 17th game, you're going to see, you're going to see, you're probably going to see a different me. How how would, how so different you? I just think naturally, you know, the game taking taking this uh, uh, taking this enthusiasm um, of of being somewhere that I've never been before. You know, uh, people always act like you've been there. Well, guess what? I have right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a pro about it, but you know, it should. I, I think I think that's the type of energy that is supposed to take place throughout the year, and then it just amps up even more. I'm in the playoffs, but far as far as me as a running back, something I've done every single year is after the season's over, I stay. I stay. Um, I stay with the team. I stay. Come in every day, train and work out. That way, just so mentally, I can feel what it feels like for my body to continue to prep 
before that 17th game. So I've been ready. I've been doing this and ready for this. And you feel like it's helped now? I mean, you feel like you're yeah. primed and ready for that playoff Keep run? getting fresher and fresher, yeah. I mean, that's, that's how I'm built. Obviously, and you've probably heard this all year long, for the Giants to make a long playoff run, most people assume or say that the running game has to be strong, especially on the road. Yeah, it does. Your running game's taken a bit of a public beating this year, but really lately, you guys have run the ball a lot better. Do you feel like it's starting to hit its stride a little at the right time? Yeah, and it is, and you said it at the right time. You know, um, you know, last year, towards the end of the season, I think we, we picked it up. Uh, we've had some spurts throughout the year uh, where we've had over 100 yards total, um, not as a rusher uh, over 100 yards, but just as a unit. Um, and we're growing. You know, we, we, we still got a young, young team in that area, but um, we've been efficient when we needed to, especially the last game. I think we got to continue to build off that, take some of the pressure off of Eli, take some of the um, pressure off of our defense, run the clock. Um, and be efficient on first and second, so it'll make third down achievable. Now you've been, you're still the starter, obviously, but you've been splitting some time with Paul Perkins, a young guy, fresh legs. Has that helped you share in the carries with him? I mean, I'm, I'm built for uh, a load. Um, so, you know, uh, adjusting to, to sharing 50, because it's 50-50. It doesn't matter who starts um, at all for us. It's 50-50. You know, we go rep for rep. Um, and just trying to get, just trying to get some synchronicity there. As um, far as me, listen, my job is to when I'm called, go make plays. And uh, if it's ten, go make plays for those tens. If it's blocking, you know, go block. If it's if it's running, go run. Um, and if you get 15 plays or, you know, 30 plays, you just got to go be productive. Well, especially now. I mean, this is the time of year where nobody really cares how you won as long as you win and get to that next game. Right. And I think I think we're going to be explosive this week. You've said that before about the offense, that you believe the explosion's coming, that you think the best is yet to come. Why do you believe that about this offense? Because of who we have, our talent, our skill sets, and then our, our play calls um, and our matchups. We, when you cut on the tape, it literally is is one or two things from, from being explosive in the run game. And I, I think this week is going to be a, a week where we're going to see it and be able to carry that over into the playoffs. How much of that confidence also comes from the fact that the guy leading the offense has been through this before and had a little bit of success in the playoffs? Yes, he has. He's, uh, he's somebody who's an engineer of this offense. Um, he, his, his armor proves it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, he's been tested. He's been proven. Um, he's somebody we can hang our hat on, um, who's consistent. And uh, he's definitely going to be the pioneer through for, for this offense and make sure we're moving forward in the playoffs. Shad, last question for you. When you think back to last year, the beginning of this year, 6-10 and 10 last year, your coach gets fired, a new coach comes in. It's basically bottoming out for an organization and for a team. At that point, and you come back in here, did you really believe that the playoffs were the destiny for this team? Absolutely, 100%. You know, we... Like every team, you know, you, you look forward to the Super Bowl. I mean, when we look around our room, there is no, there is no like gimmick about actually saying Super Bowl. You know, why? Because of because of the unit we have. Our defense is playing lights out, um, and we knew that that's the kind of defense we was gonna have in camp. Um, offense has been playing playing well in spurts. We haven't put together that collective game we want. We're capable of, and our special team has been playing very well for us too. Um, so when you talk about a championship football team, we've had that, and um, now we're starting to see 
and earn the, the respect of that. Rashad, congratulations, and I'm glad to talk to you about the playoffs. I know it's been a long wait for you, and I look forward to seeing you out there on some field. I don't know where yet, but yeah. uh, some field in the playoffs in a couple of weeks. I look forward to being there, my friend. That was Rashad Jennings, the uh, running back for the New York Giants, still the starting running back for the New York Giants, but as we discussed, uh, you know, he's splitting time now with Paul Perkins, the rookie, and uh, the running game is starting to get going a little bit. But most importantly, as Rashad said, it's, it's been eight years for him. He's 31 years old, his first taste of the playoffs. And he's ready to go with a win-at-all-cost mentality. Really appreciate him joining me. And make sure you follow him uh, on Twitter, at Rashad Jennings, as a matter of fact. So uh, give him a follow there. And now, uh, before we wrap this up, let's turn our attention to the Giants' first-round opponent. With right, right now, it could be any of four teams. They've got a chance to face the Detroit Lions, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, the Seattle Seahawks, the Green Bay Packers. I'm not going to go through all of the uh, possibilities, but uh, if Seattle early in the day on Sunday loses to San Francisco. They're playing at Giants play at Seattle. Let's assume that the Seattle Seahawks are not going to lose to a one win team. Even the jets beat the San Francisco 49ers. So if the Seahawks manage to win that game, you're probably looking at the winner of the NFC North and that will be either Detroit or green Bay. They play Sunday night. So the giants might not know until late Sunday night, who their opponent is. If I were to rank them of who I would want the giants to play and who I think the giants would want to play, their best bet of advancing has to be the Detroit Lions. First of all, they beat the Detroit Lions just a couple of weeks ago on December 18th. They beat them 17-6. to It was at the Meadowlands, not at Ford Field in Detroit where the Giants would have to go. The Lions are 6-2 and two there. Uh, but the Lions haven't played great football down the stretch. And uh, you know, even though they will have, in order for this matchup to happen, they will have had to have beaten the Packers in their season finale. They're not going in with a ton of momentum. But to me, the matchup is just best for the Giants. Not only did they prove it, but Matt Stafford does not lead a high-powered offense, which gives the Giants a chance to stay in a relatively uh, low-scoring game, which I think is what they want. Because, again, their offense has been terrible. So you don't want Giants don't want to be involved in a shootout. That's why I think that I'm a little torn on my next two choices because it would be their next choice to me would either be Atlanta or Seattle, Atlanta seems like the least likely of the opponents I would want the Giants to face. So I guess I would say of those two, I mean, I guess I would have to say the Seattle Seahawks would be my number two choice for the Giants because these are not the old Seattle Seahawks. They are not, they're not having the same success on offense. Russell Wilson has been off a little bit. They are still a very good defense. They're number two in points against their seventh overall and making the trip out to the West coast, possibly on a short week is never easy for any team. And being in Seattle is never easy. The Seahawks are 7-1 and one there. They've been dominant at home in the playoffs in recent years. Um, that's a troublesome trip as well. But maybe more troublesome to me will be playing an Atlanta Falcons team that's averaging 33.5 points a game. That's number one in the NFL, the, the number two offense. The Giants have not topped 28 points all year long. Mostly, they've been around 20. The idea that they could go down to Atlanta and get in a shootout with a team with that many offensive weapons, even if the Falcons struggle at home, they're only four and three down there. To me, I don't see how they could keep up with them. Yeah, maybe their defense can slow them down a little bit, but again, this Giants offense is not one that's going to go out and score 30, 35 points. So I would say I'd have to probably say they'd rather go to see Seattle uh, than go down to Atlanta. But the worst matchup for me, if I'm the Giants, is going to Green Bay which might be the most likely possibility because I think the way they're rolling, they're going to beat the Detroit Lions on Sunday night, win the NFC North. I think the Giants are going to end up in Green Bay, and you're talking about a Packers team, number one, 
that weeks ago beat the Giants in Green Bay, and the Giants did not look very good. But since then, the Packers have gotten on a roll. Assuming they beat the Lions in the finale, they'll have won their last six straight heading into the playoffs. And yes, I understand that in 2007 and 2011, the Giants went into Green Bay and won a playoff game that nobody thought they could win. Those, for a lot of reasons, were different Giants teams. This Giants team is not good on the road. It is not strong running the ball. It is not strong offensively. Both of those teams were. If the Packers are roll, continue to play the way they've been, if they stay on their roll, I don't see how anybody, especially in the first round of the playoffs, can go into Green Bay and win, least of all the Giants. So the most likely place for the Giants to go is Green Bay, and I've got to believe that's the place that they would least like to end up. We will find out for sure by Sunday night, by around midnight, we should know one way or the other uh, which way the Giants are going. Uh, and, of course, next week we will come back here with a playoff edition of the Giants Goal Line podcast and uh, break down that matchup as best as we can. I want to make sure to thank Rashad Jennings once again, taking time out of his playoff prep to join us here on Giants Goal Line. Don't forget to follow him on Twitter at Rashad Jennings. Thanks to Jeff Golden and Adam Schaefer back in the studio. And please make sure to follow me on Twitter at RVacchianoSNY and read all of my Giants coverage at SNYGiants.com or SNY.TV slash Giants. And, of course, watch all our coverage on SNY as well. It's going to be a very busy next eight, nine, ten days as we get you ready for the Giants' first playoff game since 2012. Really, really a huge deal around here, and uh, we will have it covered right from beginning to end. So thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll see you right back here next week on Giants Goal Line. This has been Giants Goal Line, part of the SNY.TV audio network.